looks like we're live. Looks like we're recording for the first episode of Strategy and Conversions. We're going with that name, right? I think that's what makes yeah. it right. Sounds good to me. Yeah, so look, Mario, it's great to, to see you. How are you doing, first off? Very good, thanks. Yeah, not bad at all, thanks. Good, good. So as I mentioned, first episode of Strategy and Conversions, we, we've known each other for, for quite a few years now. We've been having these conversations, and each week we, we have a chat. Uh, we basically put the world to write in, in the whole kind of marketing yeah. space, especially around uh, strategy and conversions. And we thought, why not just record an episode and hopefully get uh, share some of this wisdom with whatever people. So yeah. why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark, what you do and what makes you the, the copywriter for conversions? Yeah. OK, so, um, yeah, thanks. So I, um, I started my copywriting business about 16, 17 months ago now. Um, I started learning copywriting back in 2011, and I never really realized that I could. Um, and I was writing for mates, websites, and stuff, and, uh, and writing copy for people, sales pages, that kind of thing. And people really liked what I wrote, but I never really had the confidence in myself to be able to make a living out of it. So it was about 16 months ago that um, I uh, decided to, to launch it as a business. Um, and ha- having read a lot of different pieces of copy, I realized that one thing that's missing from many things that, that people write now is that, uh, they, they, that they don't take the time or the copy doesn't take the time to build a relationship and build a trust and the respect for the people whose you know, who's, who's business it is. Mm-hmm. And too much copy, um, I think, and I've, it's, it's been borne out actually, too much copy tries to get people to take action into a buying situation almost straight away. And the, the buyers now are so more sophisticated, so much more sophisticated than that. So I, I started, I, I started writing copy, and I built my own model, which is based on model, classical models that have come along in the past. And I actually, uh, I actually call it a new evolution in copywriting. And wow. the model I used is called Great, and um, which I can go through in a minute. But I take it leads. It's a model that structures the the writing for people and leads people into making sure they're taking the time to build an element of trust and start to build a relationship, which then attracts warmer leads to them, which they can convert. Hopefully, convert more easily. I love it. You're talking my language there. I think that's it. I think you kind of touched on the point of people kind of looking at that instant reward or reward from that from their marketing in general but especially from yeah. their, their content and i think for me around the kind of strategy piece um so obviously you mentioned your, your company i think i got involved in internet marketing about kind of 10 12 years ago now and about yeah. five years ago i set up my business where i was doing bits and pieces of marketing for people so you know websites and social media and, and all sorts of, of different kinds kinds of advertising um, and over the years that's transformed then into kind of overviewing and then strategy on on how they're they're going after things yeah I think one of the, those big reasons on on my shift over the years of moving from doing things for people to working on a direction and then and then obviously the growth is just the accessibility of the the, the tools and resources that we have available that people can do things themselves yeah but i actually think the strategy and copy are probably those those things at the minute that those are those are the areas that people need help with because yeah. it is that that direction of you know working out where you want to go and, and how to get there and yeah. then how that that kind of copy can support the tools and things that you can do yourself of course you can get other people to do things for you but you can do some of those those things yourself such as websites I mean, you know you can set up a website in a day with with one of these sort of builders which are out there and anyone can take to social media and post and and obviously do um, videos and, and everything else which is out there. I think probably for, for myself, I think that there's a big difference between content and copy. Yeah. That, that's where maybe people kind of get that that misconception over, you know, if they, they write some content, they're a copywriter or yeah. someone. Yeah. And and I don't mean any any disrespect to anyone, but, you know, you could maybe get an admin support person, you know, possibly like a, a VA or something who are great at writing and they can write content and they can give you a, a, a really good written blog. Yeah. But the actual copy is where we get into, I guess, part of the psychology and part of the nurturing and, and the, next a, step, you know, yeah. the next step. Yeah. There, there's a huge, and like the, the stuff that you do and the stuff that I do, there's a huge element of 
understanding the psychology of selling that goes into copywriting. And the same with your, when you, when you, when you've, because I've seen this, the work you do as well with a marketing strategy. And I think that's where people get it wrong is that uh, by, by dumping something onto a page, which can look quite reasonable, they're not trying to get into the head of the person that they're writing for and, 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 and the person they want to buy their product. So, um, so it takes a lot of thought. And, and this is where I think, I think maybe this is where thing, things, uh, people haven't got this quite right. So marketing strategy, like you do, takes a lot of thought. It's a thought of what are we trying to achieve and working backwards of how we're going to work, you know, how we're going to do that. 100%. Copywriting, similar to that, it's a lot of thought. But the thought for copywriting is the psychology of selling because people buy on emotions and then they'll justify it with logic. And that's the way you have to write that stuff. You have to, you have to appeal to emotions first to get people interested in reading it because you could write the best copy in the world. But if your headlines don't hit any in emotion, then they're just going to move on, move on, move past it. And they're not going to read it. Um, just, just on that point now, then, so do you think that the headline is, is, is what really packs the punch? Do you think that's part of the majority of, of copywriting? Yeah, I think there are two elements. Um, definitely the headline. The headline is the first and most important element. And that's been borne out by different copywriters, um, Amy Porterhouse, Neil Patel. In fact, virtually everybody you read always says that the headline is the is you've got to spend 80% of your time when you write a copy. 80% of time is spent on thinking and crafting the headline. I guess there's a bit like the the kind of analogy of, of the newspapers, right? Where it says about the, the headline sells and yeah. copy tells or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and then it's the first paragraph. So the in the in the great model, um, so the G stands for grab their attention and the R stands for raise their uh, the intensity of that emotion. And those are the two things to start with. If you've got that, then people will normally read a long way through, see your call to actions, and maybe start working their way into your sales funnel. So the G is grab attention. It's got to be a, a really, really good, short, concise headline. And again, some work that's been, bought, uh, been done in the States recently has borne out something I've been preaching for a year at least or over a year, is that questions are really the one that gets people. You're, asked, you're digging into their emotion. You're asking a question. And then the second paragraph, that, or the, the paragraph of the R part of it, is that you're not answering that question at that point. You're just even raising the intensity of that emotion. So by the end of it, they're thinking, wow, I, I need to do something about this. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I, I like that. I was, I was just about to ask, do you, do you have any kind of tips for, you know, the, those headlines? I think questions are, are great. And um, like you said, it's, you know, question will, will lead them in. That kind of yeah. paragraph then will, I guess, hammer home, you know, that yeah. question that, that they're asking themselves. And I, I guess as well, just thinking about that for, for copy, I, I think initially when I think of, of copying and copywriting, you know, my, my head initially goes back to the, the old kind of form of, of letters and the sales letters that would go out. And then now obviously with the kind of digital side work, we're talking websites and landing pages and sales yeah. pages and, and even blogs. But I guess it relates to everything, right? So I guess yeah. you have your, your emails through to your um, your ads and even your videos would, would work in the, the same way. I guess you, you would still yeah. take that content and you would write and put it into a yeah. video. That's, uh, that's the same. I mean, the, the video is huge now, okay? So a lot of people say video is is seen by 80% of people and they, they love, you know, it sells your business. But videos can still have no substance to them. If, yeah. the, if the script behind the video is so you can have a really flashy video but if the script behind the video isn't actually taking it's, it's an overused phrase but if it isn't taking somebody through a journey they'll watch the video and say oh that's good okay and move on so the whole idea is the, of the copy is that you're taking somebody through a journey you're building that emotion and then the calls to action isn't about selling i need to sell you something it's just about moving them along your sales funnel so the call to action could be a simple click on a link to see something or pick up the phone and let's book an appointment or a discovery call. It's not a sale. It's just moving them along. But the whole point is... Go, sorry. I'm going to go off on a, on a bit of a tangent. I don't need to, to interrupt you. Just, That's while, okay. while this is, is kind of just fresh in, in my mind now. I think um, call, call to actions, right? Su super important, obviously. And I think going back to these kind of letters, 
you know, that the old kind of form sells letters, the, the call to action would be at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and we, st- we still do this a lot within websites and email and stuff yeah. like that. And we, we may even put stuff, you know, maybe halfway through and towards the end. What, what's your take on call to actions within video? And the reason I'm, I'm asking this is that I think a lot of people do that call to action at the end of, of a video. But from working with different clients and, and analyzing some of their data around video, it seems like a lot of people will watch the first kind of 20 seconds and then that's when it starts to drop off then. Yeah. You know, some people watch yeah. the full video, obviously, but some people kind of drop off throughout. So it, it, does it make sense to just put your call to action straight in at the beginning? Does it? Well, that's interesting because uh, on, the, on the training I give, I talk about if you have a long form blog and you can imagine a video is kind of a long form mm. video blog, if you like, um, you need three, at least three call to actions. And on this whole point where you grab their attention um, with the headline and then you raise that, that intensity of that in that straight away there, you've, you've taken, if it was just looking back at the video, that would probably be about the first 20 seconds of a video. A call to action comes there because, like you said, if it doesn't, people who are suddenly ready to, to think about buying or think about moving and, and contacting you, you lose them. Because they'll because you're waiting to put this at the bottom of the page, and as you said, they'll start and they're okay. I'll, they'll move on to something else because you've raised their you've raised their emotion, but now you're not filling it. You're not fulfilling anything. So I do I do agree that call to action there should be preferably three: one very close to the top, one in in the kind of the middle of the copy, and still one at the bottom. Um, but I think people do miss that. They think that it's too early to put them in, and I I I. I well, I've, again, there's people in from the states, especially that um, suggest that three to four calls to action and one quite early on is a is a good way to go. I, I like that one early on. I always kind of look at that as as planting the seed. Yeah, so, you know, I, I get. I guess maybe where I've looked at that one is maybe the call to action is is actually to push them to watch the whole thing or, or to read the whole thing because they will get something out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What was I, I going to say on the whole kind of call to action point? Um, I, I guess with with that kind of copy then, and and having the call to actions in, where where and, and I, I get that you you said free, but where do we kind of draw the line on being too pushy? Yeah, okay, that yeah, yeah, that's and that's that's good. Um, it really depends. I, th- I I think it depends. I think it depends on the length. Um, if you're having a shorter form post or something, then yeah, three is a little bit excessive, and uh, maybe two. I don't think you you should ever put in more than four um, because I think that is a bit pushy. Three three is a good number because, I, as you said, the whole point about that first call to action is you may get someone who will actually pick up the phone or whatever that thing is to start with. The call to action can be read the rest because there's something really good at the end, which is used and and it's a it's a bit. It's a bit of a cliche nowadays because people understand, but they'll they'll read to it, or it, it um or or that um or it could be as I say, it's just it's, it could be a call to action where you plant a seed. They don't take any action, but they will carry on reading anyway because they think, oh yeah, I may do. Let me read a bit further to see if it's worthwhile. So just by having it there, it's plant it's planted that seed. I think if you get beyond. Yeah, if, if you have a call to action virtually every paragraph or every piece of the video, then I think people will just click off. So I think you can definitely oversell. And I, and, I, and I have seen that from many of the Facebook ads where people are constantly overselling. And yeah, I don't I, yeah, I don't know what I think, I think from my view on that is sometimes it, when, when you see some somebody's posting, you see the call to action, you automatically think, well, the whole kind of thing is, is written then just to push me for, for the call to action. Yeah, so it's actually that that content, you know, that that, that information that's in, in that blog or ad or video could actually be, be really useful and really yeah. good. But sometimes you'd be put off by seeing a, a certain call to action. Yes. Is, yeah. is there is there a certain type or, or a certain phrase within a call to action that, that you would use that doesn't seem as, as harsh or as kind of salesy, if that's a, a real word? Yeah, um, I think... I mean, we've got to remember that we're all conditioned to take commands um, from, from an early age from, from uh, your parents and our teachers. So we still have, even when they were adults, you still have this thing that will respond to commands. Uh, so when you ask, with call to action says, do something now, or people still think, oh, what, people still have this thing that I, I need to do it. But, but I believe that 
I think the, the, the first call to action needs to be kind of milder language, if you like. It's asking them to, I mean, just read, you know, read further to find out more is a call to action. And that is not a salesy call to action, but you're still drawing them into the copy. So I think there's, yes, there are different phrases to use. And I think that, um, um, and, and again, what I'll say to people is when they create call to actions, they need to have different uh, sentences in those different call to actions. They can't have the same one each time. So I think that if there is a, a software approach, read further um, or have a look at what we have now, more mild language, I think, at the very beginning, and then it gets a little bit more, not stronger, but a bit more commanding as it goes on. I, I like that. I, I guess in, in in my kind of focus with, I guess, the, the overview of of marketing and, and strategy, and we're looking to lead people onto that, that kind of next stage, Yeah, is, is that with, with those those call to actions, I, I look at mini conversions. Yes, so we're, exactly. You know, we're yeah. not necessarily trying to get the sell, no. But we're trying to lead them on on to the the next kind of step. Yeah. Um, so I get I guess we can do it as as a bit of a a bridge, right? So if someone is reading a blog post, we could get them onto a sales page then from the blog post rather than if yeah. initial sell. Yes, uh, I think that's that's again uh, a very useful tool. Uh, a lot of people spend a lot of money on websites and uh, uh, and a lot of yeah you know, they have copy on there, uh, and but the websites don't work for them. So some of the times you have to be using blogs to tend to get people to those to that sales content, if you like, onto the website. And the whole point about having copy that builds the trust and the respect is once they start to read through this and they thought this could be worth checking out, then it could be just it could be just you know click onto this link to see read more information on our website, and then you're taking people to the web, which of course yeah as you know the longer they stay on the web. Google love it on SEO and all that kind of stuff. So many, many different things start to come into play then. Um, and we can do that via via LinkedIn articles as well, where you can actually take people away from a, a LinkedIn article, not a post, but a LinkedIn article, and send them to your to your website. And it's just reinforcing all the time the copy that you or the message that you want to put across. That's that's great. I think that that leads me into this question about kind of. I guess with social media and website copy, is there a difference? Oh, that's a yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, there can be. Depends on it. Depends on the. I think this is where it comes down to purpose. So each piece of copy needs to have a purpose, sure. um, and it could be because you're attracting a person for the person for the first time, or they're within your sales funnel. And if you've got content on your website. You, it may be serving a different purpose than the the the, the post or you th the thing that you have on social media. So I think in some cases it will be different. Um, uh, and I know that I read something recently actually that Google hates seeing copy that is just uh, the same copy and pasted and put into different places. So it needs to be slightly different anyway from a from a Google S again SEO point of view. But I think that sometimes you're looking for uh, you're putting messages out on social media. And pointing people to to whatever other area, either sales page or a, a website, and the language does need to be slightly different, so that they don't think they're just reading the same old stuff again. Because that will just again, that's a great way of boring off your prospects. I guess well, on, on the whole kind of social media front, and I think this really ties in with that that Gary Vaynerchuk uh, quote and, and book of, of jab 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 right hook. Yeah. And, exactly. and talking about yeah. kind of giving value and stuff like that before we, we look to kind of, you know, put put that punch in for the sell or whatever yeah. it is. And and for me, what I find with, with a lot of people in marketing is in, instead of it kind of being jab, 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 right hook, they either just keep jabbing or they keep right hooking. So everything yeah. is is just blatant sales or, you know, it's, it, there's sales within there that you can kind of do that. Or people are just so focused on that kind of adding value and yeah. talking about how great they are or, or why you would need them. Yeah. That nothing actually happens to yeah. that. You know, do you uh, find that with with the I stuff? Do. I do. I, I do. And what what I've found and, and I think what it comes down to, again, it comes down to that the, the purpose of that piece of copy. What are you trying to do? We all have a business and businesses and and you know, marketing is the lifeblood of business. But unless we're earning an income, the business isn't going anywhere. It just becomes a very expensive hobby. So 
adding value is great and and the more you the more you can nurture people to help but there it comes a time when you have to say to people okay so if when you warm them up and they have built a good relationship it, as you said that hook has to come in and say okay shall we can we do business together and and i think that too too many people seem to be in their copy as you say um, always adding more value, adding more value. And eventually people are going to have read so much, they're going to say, well, I, I don't need your services anymore, thank you, because you've given me some great value. So um, I think the ratio, the ratio is about three, four to one, three to one maybe, of adding value and then, okay, so now we're going to do business with you. And, and that's a reasonable ratio, I think, at the moment. It seems to work quite well. I, I guess it is as well. I'm, I'm kind of saying you know, that, that ratio of sales to, to kind of adding value. Um, and, and what I mean by sales is that kind of blatant stuff of, you know, but buy my stuff. You know? Asking for the sale, yeah. Asking yeah. for the sale. But yeah. I actually feel like in, in in everything that we do, with, with every kind of social media post or blog post, whatever it is that we're doing, even though that initial focus isn't for the sale, we are still selling through our content. Always, always. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, again, because... When all all the all all the copy that's being written is basically there to impress the prospect with your knowledge, your skill set, and your expertise, so they build a trust with you. So it's always when you, even when you're offering value, you know you have a you have a piece of copy that's offering value for nothing. You're still the one giving that value, so therefore they're seeing that the respect is there because they understand that, that you know enough stuff. You're quite happy to give things away. And 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 give as much value, give that little piece of value that you can in that in that piece of copy, so that the next time they read something, yeah, they're going to be expecting maybe more. But they, when when a call to action that is a sale, when that hook comes, people aren't caught on a blind side; they're actually almost waiting for it because we have to remember going back to the psychology of selling. People love to people hate being sold to, which is why the hook 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 never works. But people love to buy which is why the jab, jab, jab hook works because that hook comes when they're ready to buy. Do you think as well when with, with that kind of value, you know, when that jab, jab, jab kind of part, do you think that the, the, the people that just continue with value and never ask for the sell, that they never get the sell or, or get very, very few sales because actually people are waiting to be presented yeah. with an offer or ask the question, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, and I think that's this again is interesting because I think that there's so many there are people where uh, who who add as I say go back to this thing they add value they're jabbing all the time, and the prospect will actually stop reading their copy eventually because there's never been a way to get oh, well you know they they actually think I want to buy this stuff but you're not letting me um, <laughs> they have money on the table ready but they they can't spend it with you so they'll move on to someone else. I guess there's a very, I guess, fine line, you know, on on where you put that kind of sales copy in and where you don't. And I guess that's yeah. why someone would need to, to speak to someone like yourself to, yeah. talk to you know, create that that copy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think another question that, that I have, which, you know, you might upset some people with, with this answer, but you were talking about like with SEO and uh, you're talking about people spending lots of money on websites. And I'm sure you get this because I get this a lot and, I think that probably th this is where actually my my kind of services and, and my business have been really good over the past kind of 18 months is where I've, I've really kind of taken charge of of someone's kind of marketing department and we've planned out a direction. Yeah. You get that that kind of um, too many cooks spoil the broth ele element to, to marketing is that there's lots of different elements and lots of people doing different things is that if they're not on the same page and working towards the same goal, it basically doesn't go anywhere and you yeah. get the likes of you, know, you might get a, a website developer you know their focus is, is on creating a, a really nice website and working really well and it, yeah. you know, working on mobile and it being fast and you know it's, it's all the right stuff but then you, you might get then the likes of an seo person you know will want things to be done in a certain way because they want to rank on on google and they want to rank for certain words and all this kind of stuff and then you may get the likes of yourself with, with copy you know that the whole point of your copy is to get the person to take the next step and buy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, that's very difficult to get those three people on the same page. Yeah, it, yes, it can be, and that's when that's when again the whole strategy needs to be put in place first. 
so that um, because that's those are just as you described, those are just all elements of a, of, of the marketing strategy, and there there are more elements as well. But the the elements are okay. We have this wonderful website, um, and if but it's yeah, there's it needs some impactful copy to to get people to read it. But again, if the SEO is not in place, the the website is nowhere, and so you need to have the SEO it, it, all in there as well. And part of the part of the art of copy or the crafting of copy is that you certainly weave in certain keywords into that whole um, into the copy as well. Not obviously you don't uh, stuff it with keywords. But the whole idea is, again, SEO web bots can crawl through that. But all those things have got to work in tandem together. Um, exactly, and yeah. that's when that's when the marketing strategy comes in place. Right. You're, I mean, again, so in your case, you will look at things. You will look at a whole marketing arena and say, right, okay, we need this to work because then this will work because then this will work and bang. And it needs to be a concerted uh, uh system that works together so there's kind of gear wheels that are clicking around and working with each other so on their own they're well they're, they're not say useless but they're they're all over the place and there's no strategy involved so it's, again going back to a machine it's like the gear wheels turning around here and this one is still because that's not doing anything it isn't connecting with that one to make them turn i think i think that's exactly how, like you said i think i think useless is, is like i think individually that they're not useless but when they're put together collectively with, without the right purpose behind it, it's useless. Yeah. Because some things are conflicting against each other and, and stuff yeah. like that. So like you said, a, a web developer, for instance, may be looking at speed, you know, and an SEO person may be looking at adding in, you know, a video or a picture or something like that to within and above the fold to, to get this kind of ranking and stuffing certain keywords within a title or whatever it is. But then the copy is looking at the persuasion of the person reading. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. You know, it, it is very, very difficult to, to get that fine line between what do we actually need. And yeah. I'm sure, as, as you will know, um, as you will know, I, I know you know, but um, testing and, and tweaking and stuff like that is, is that within marketing, obviously, you know, once we have something in place, it's not job done and we walk away. No. It's no. that we look to improve it and, and make it better. You know, what yeah. would you look for within copy? Well, to, it's it again. This is stuff that I cover on the training. But first of all, headlines. So um, once you have a headline, you need to test that it. You know that again. A/B testing is the same for any type of marketing, and and copy is no different. So, is this a good headline? Um, when you put it somewhere, has it engaged with people? Have people clicked on it? Can you can you see from your analytics or maybe you, the LinkedIn views and engagement has got has that headline drawn people in and it's the same with that first paragraph um has that worked so it could be that you first of all you're testing the headline because the headlines are so crucial that you have to test which ones work and i've seen um i've seen some headlines in the past where you know um uh, where, which to, to nowadays would would seem very very cheesy but you know things like um you know, I, we we can we can make you a million dollars or something. Back in the back in the sort of the sixties and seventies, they worked. People actually clicked on them, and yeah, I'd love that. They don't work anymore. So if you still use those same headlines, you're not going to get anywhere. So you have to be constantly testing uh, the sophistication of the people who are reading because it changes. Good word. It changes Good word, all yeah. the time. Sophistication. I, I like that. I, I think I think for me that, that sophistication of marketing is is really big because I think o over the years. The, the processes behind marketing haven't changed, but yeah. the advancements okay. of, of technology are, are insane, right? I mean, yeah. you think if you just look at your phone to what you can do on your phone now to what you could do five years ago, yeah. You know, I, I can remember however many years ago when I got a Blackberry and you could do email on it, that was like revolutionary, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And now you can run a whole business from, you yeah, know, an iPhone yeah. or you know, or the equivalent, and it's yeah. like that, that technology. People's buying habits and, they be, and their behavior have changed. The likes of Amazon, we want everything on demand. And yeah. stuff. Like I said, I think even if you're using stuff from that was working a year ago, it isn't working today. No. no and that, that, that whole kind of thing is the, the core of your offer or your service doesn't have to change. But like you said, no, no, no. Out that, that kind of title and that, that way in for, yeah, for that, people to get to you, you know, is yeah. very important. Um, it's, it's 
it's it's that bring it's that bringing in it's it's again it's a bit like fishing isn't it you're you're fishing people to bring you come in so it could be that part one part is overfished now so you've got to fish somewhere else or it could be that you're using the wrong bait or, or you know you could do so many analogies i think that that analogy you get the big one which is uh blue ocean you know so it, it talks about red, red ocean gets um stuffed with all the sharks you know so all the people yeah. are, are trying to compete for the same kind of customer and the blue ocean is where you create your own you know, feeding pot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, yeah. For that. yeah I, I love that. I guess with, with the copy, then with, with kind of tweaks and, and changes, I mean, what, what are a few tips for, for people to look at? If they have, say, maybe a sales page or a blog post or something like that, and they're getting people to it, um, but then nothing's happening, people aren't buying, where would you start? Um, well, you'd have to you, you'd have to look at that page on the analytics of white, you know, again, it's kind of what, what are I know there's a, a recently I saw some software you can actually track the eye line of people when they read stuff. Um, yeah, so you can actually, there's a couple there. I mean, Hotjar is probably the one that, that people put on for free. Um, yeah. And then you, you have the likes of True Conversion and Crazy Egg and stuff do, do a similar thing. It's, it's great. You get those kind of heat maps and yeah. stuff. And, and so you, you need to start looking at where people are disengaging. So okay. the whole point is you're they're engaging onto your if 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 they're, if they're starting to read you've got them you've, you've engaged with them um, but that's not to say that your you, you, your your copy is still on probation if you like you know if they've read it for the first time they can quite easily at any stage click off and you need to understand uh, first of all understand uh, if, if if your sales page isn't producing anything where are they bouncing off or where are they clicking off. And you, and you can normally with that with those kind of um, uh, those kind of pieces of software, you can normally find where they're clicking off. And so that is again maybe a piece of copy that needs to be split tested. So you can still take that piece of copy out, substitute another piece of copy into the same whole sheet, if you like, and test the results. So again, it's still a test. It's always a test. Um, and once you find, it's, you know, as we know, there's a lot of marketing that is mainly around finding out what works. And oh, once you find cool. out what works, it's then a goldmine. But there's a lot of movement behind that to actually dig this, dig into that seam of gold. And that's what a majority of marketing tends to be. You're digging to find out the right ways. When you hit it, it's fantastic. I think, I think that's the big difference, isn't it, within Mark, in doing marketing and marketing working for you is I think yeah. so many people look at that shiny object or you know different promises and it's like right I need to do a bit of this or that didn't work I need to do a bit of that everything works it's just yeah. finding out what works for you and, yeah. and how it works in, in your kind of system yeah like said, tweaking it and testing it I think there's I, I think we, we kind of have this misconception of, of marketing is that as soon as you press go that's it you know it works yeah. and it brings everything in like yeah. said, and, and everyone's different I mean I've, I've worked with you know, clients in, in the same industry in different locations and what's worked for them hasn't worked for another, you know, and it hasn't worked for the other one. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, the, it's the same type of business as the same type of customer, you know, just different locations. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's crazy how, you know, if you just tried to put in, in place what was working for one and it didn't work, well, you know, you, you pack up your bags and say it didn't work, I'm going now, that, that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but finding out what actually does work takes time. It does, and that, that takes time and takes research, and 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 sometimes that's the boring part of it is that whole testing and, and taking time, which a lot of people won't take the time to do because it, it can be boring. It's the, it's um, the sexy stuff, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, so, everyone, everyone wants that funnel automated. Yes, yeah, that's right. Just, you know, make money whilst they sleep and everything, but no one wants yeah. to put in the work to find out how to make that happen. That's the thing, isn't it? It's it's like with everything, there is an element of work that you need to put in place. The kind of the boring, the mundane admin to make sure that you you track everything. Because again, coming back to marketing, marketing is all about tracking. You have to track what works um, and what's not working, but you can still be tracking because something may be working one minute and then stop working. So it's constant tracking and constant monitoring to find out what is going. And like you said earlier, you know what worked last year, a headline that were, was brilliant last year. Um, uh, for example, headlines like "How to Get Somewhere by uh, by Doing Something Without the Hassle of" last year or a year before were a goldmine. People loved them. They said, "You know, um, yeah." And now 
people look at them and say, oh, yeah, okay, same old story. What are they trying to sell me now? And I they will not even read it. It's, it's, it's a very good point. I think j- just the marketing in general, you know, I think like from going back to, say, uh, 2012 with the whole kind of big change in, in Google, you know, and that's just to kind of recap it briefly. I mean, you could rank a video uh, or a website, sorry, on, on Google quite easily just by stuffing it with keywords. You yeah. Know, Google yeah. just kind of flipped the switch overnight, which is like, yeah, don't, we're not going to rank that anymore. You know, we're going to do things differently. And um, I suppose when I was getting into marketing, I, I kind of really missed that that boat. I started doing different things to to rank websites, but I think I was looking at, at different kind of tactics. And I, I wasn't affected by that, but I wasn't really in that sort of game. But what I, did happen to me is when I was doing a lot of uh, affiliate marketing in sort of like 2014 sort of time, yeah. I was using Twitter to get majority of my traffic to, to websites to, to buy certain things. And um, just Twitter just became really kind of botty, if that's the word. I think lots yeah. of people were yeah. setting up different kind of automations and stuff like that. Yeah. But it just lost a lot of just audience and, and interaction. Yeah. And that dried up quite quickly. Mm. And then fast forward to, say, 2016, um, 17, I could almost guarantee any client I worked with that we would get leads through a Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook yeah. changed the algorithm and it's just like, you, know, yeah. you can now reach like 5% of your, you know, the people that follow you. And there's a massive thing going on right now with a battle between uh, Google, Apple and Facebook. Yeah. And this is all around the kind of pixel stuff. So, you yeah. know, Apple are saying, you know, well, look, you know, we're going to block all kind of, you know, the tracking when people look through our devices and they get onto the website, well, we're going to block that because, you're making all this money, you're getting all this data and all this advantages. What, what are we getting? Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, and Google then jumping on and, and doing the same thing. So all those people that have been remarketing and making lots of money from, from that kind of stuff, well, that's going to start drying up. That so they don't have to look yeah. at that next thing. So it's like, if yeah. they're not on that, if they're not tracking things and, and trying to adapt, well, your business dries up. Yeah. So what, it's interesting you make that point, actually. So do you, do, you have an, do you have a kind of an idea or a concept in your mind of what is going to be working in the future? I think, I think the good thing with marketing, and I think however kind of far we go, is I do think that that kind of transparency of you know, just, just being real and honest yeah. and telling people what you deliver is, is always going to um, kind of run through. I think something that I've always been big on especially in the past kind of three years is personal brand because yeah. i think i think people buy from people and having some personality within your business is always going to work and i think what happens with with having that person within your business or or that personal brand leading that business is that you build out authority within that brand yeah and i think trust is, is going to be a big thing i think what what we will see i think is is a big kind of parting w- within business because i think What's, what's happened, and, and rightly so, throughout the pandemic, is lots of people have started businesses. Yeah. And, you know, with that, we, we've seen a lot of the kind of spam marketing, I guess, where lots of people have put lots of stuff out and lots of saying, I can help and, you know, I can do this. And there's no real kind of, there's, there's nothing to differentiate someone who is saying, I can do this. And another person saying, I can do that. Someone could have 10 years experience and they could be really good. Someone yeah. could just wake up tomorrow and say it. And, and we, we wouldn't know who to go with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that kind of, of market that we're in now. So I think, I think showing those kind of expertise and, you know, w- what you can actually help that person, you know, I, I think that that will be, be the big thing. I think you will see those kind of, those businesses that, that have started up and even businesses that have been around and maybe even dropped because they, they haven't been able to keep up with fulfillment throughout the kind of pandemic. Yeah. That you will see ones flourish and you will see ones take off and, and they will really grow. And then you will see a lot of people kind of scrapping around. Yeah. You know? So I think it'd be interesting to see what happens with that kind of bottom where, you know, if people kind of get together and collaborate, and I think especially from, from marketing, I think it doesn't happen enough. I think we're all trying to kind of grab things up for ourselves and, you know, show why, why we're better than someone else rather than working together. And I guess to, to use a bit of an analogy there, I mean, if you were to build a house, you know, well, the brookie can't do everything, you know, the, the chip can't do everything. You no. know, we need, an electrician needs to come in, plumber, we need all these different components. 
Yeah. And it's like that, that's what we need within marketing. But I think we always kind of say, you need this because it's the best. And you know, yeah. that kind of stuff, instead of it saying, well, look, this just works in this kind of part. And, you know, without your plumbing, well, what's the point in being in your house, right? You've got your shelter, but, you know, without your electrics, what's going to happen? Yeah. So I think that we're going to happen. But um, what I think the big thing will happen is, especially going back to like the whole kind of Amazon thing of um, buying on demand and stuff like that, I think that you will see, people want some stuff a lot quicker. You know, so people don't want to wait. You know, so I think you will basically see services change as well. And I guess this, this probably happens to me a bit within the kind of uh, pandemic where, where we would usually look at a business and, and we would look at six months in advance and plan that out. But now we're looking six weeks in advance or, you know, three weeks in advance. And I think even even now, you know, a year later, and we're still in lockdown, still got the lockdown hair and beard and everything, right? But we're still looking at, we want the, the six-month strategy but we're pulling this back because we want to win the month. We don't want to, to kind of win. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, we, we want to keep those wheels moving and, and stuff like that to bring it in. Um, although we, we, I think that demand will be there. And, and, and this goes against a little bit about what I was saying, I guess, with the kind of the bottom and, and lots of businesses starting up is I actually think people will move back to doing lots of stuff locally and lots of stuff with, with um, kind of smaller businesses and that because I think we will go so far in one way and then we will get in, into the next. And, that's, and again, we're, we're talking micro, uh, macro there, you know, so I guess on, on a micro level with, um, with, with just with marketing is I think probably the, the best kind of way that I could say to move forward that I think will really work is to simplify things. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's going to be, be the big thing. I think it's just going to be a case of, look, we have this product or service. Do you want it? You know, this is how much it costs. This is why you may want it. This is how you can move ahead right. rather than lots of kind of within marketing, lots of people wanting systems and funnels and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And and even, you know, when, uh, talking about kind of like building out a house, I think for, if, if you have a, a bigger type business or, you know, a, an SME type, type business, you need all these components because you, you need to build out a house. Right. But if you're just a small business, you may just need some kind of shelter, you know, so you may need to just kind of, you know, build that kind of tent. Yeah. You know? And and I think that that's the, the big thing for me is I think sometimes people look miles ahead when they just need to look now. And I think if you keep it simple and the, I've got this, this kind of concept that I call the pop, which is your positioning, offering and process. And I yeah. think if you get this right, you, you can just you can have a successful business. Yeah, you know? because it, just wants, it takes one product, you know, or service and. It just really irons out who that buyer is going to be, you know, why, how they can come in to buy it, you know, what that offer is, that transformation, and then, you know, how you're going to deliver that transformation. And from there, you can build out all the tools around that. Very interesting you say that as well, because um, there's a lot of, I, I write for a lot of coaches. Um, um, and it, coaches, coaches have this, have this thing that they have to deliver lots, lots of different services at lots of different price points. And sometimes then going back to keeping it simple, you need to stop that one or two products. You could, you could make a good income from one or two service products when they're sold correctly. If you've got a string of five or six, people can sometimes think, well, even the person delivering it can think, hang on, I'm not even sure where I am on this, on this whole scale. So I know that there used to be the value ladder that, uh, was quite a popular uh, and still is and I can understand it it's the value ladder the, the whole concept was very very popular but you don't need too many steps because if you have more than four and you're getting into a fifth and a sixth your business if, especially when you are uh, a lot kind of a smaller lifestyle business your business uh, you're gonna you're gonna to, to, to deliver that you're gonna have a real problem so you mm-hmm. actually need to keep that delivery that fulfillment easier so that you can manage it um because there's no reason why just with a with a small set of products you can't have a good business you don't need to make it complicated so something there as well is, is i think it, it comes down to the type of business itself. i think if, it, if it's a coach and it's someone working on their own then that kind of stuff can can be crippling yeah because, you know if you've got x amount of levels obviously by the time you you move up levels or if you you know it, you, you're moving down levels within a funnel you know it's it's a case of well, if someone's, spend, if someone's paying a lot more money, it probably means that you're allocating a lot more time, a lot more resources. So mm-hmm. does that mean then that you're taking away from 
the amount of people that you could get in in the beginning. Yeah. And, it's like, okay. and, and, there's, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because you could be making more money, but then your risk is higher because you're only dealing with, with one person. So that person pulls the plug. All of a sudden now there's, there's no pipeline you yeah. know, because you've stopped bringing people in, you yeah. know, and you've got no revenue because that person has gone. Yeah. You know, so I think that like you say it can be really difficult. You can have that, you know, just one or two options and it, it would work great. You know, and then as you kind of get a bigger business and stuff, it, it could be that way. And one one of the things that I dislike about that whole kind of value ladder kind of thing, I think having the the right kind of steps and, and having those services are, are great. I think so many times people are, are saying you have to go through one level to get to the next to get to the yes. next. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. people just want that that bigger yeah. product right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And I think I think that that's it, you know. I think that's and that's something I was meaning with that kind of Amazon um kind of on demand feeling is I think people want instant results. And like yeah. we said with, with marketing, I think it's it is managing expectations, but it's it's also explaining, I guess, that those kind of mini conversions are the mini results for, for people as well. So you know, how how they are progressing, you know, and I and I think that that's the big thing, like I said, with, with my kind of services where we looked at six months is that, well, okay, look, we are planning out how we we get to that place, but we're looking at that big goal being in six months. Well, look, let's work on that goal being four weeks' time, you know, so we know that we've achieved that goal. Yeah. You yeah. Know, whether that goal could be quick income, it could be, you know, that it's, it's getting a product to market, you know, and, and stuff like that. It's like we need those milestones. We need those those goals to hit to get there. So, yeah, I think marketing in general is a funny one. There's lots of things that go into it. For me, there's not one, one size fits all, you know, otherwise uh, it would be quite easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I think it's just a case of, of working with someone to figure out what it's going to be. Yeah, and I think that's right. It takes the it takes the thought for that particular business. So each business is different in its own way. And I think from what and the way that, again how I approach the copywriting is that every I'll be writing different different pieces of copy in different ways for different people. So everyone has their own tone of voice. Um, a language that they particularly use for, for for me in a writing point of view. But I guess it's the same thing for you. Each business is going to want to, has maybe different services, obviously will have different services, different products, but they're going to want to work in a particularly different way. So your marketing, although the principles are still the same, you're still taking the time to think about how best to market that business. It's, it becomes, in most cases, um you take this. You take the elements that work, and you bespoke, and you create a kind of a, a program tailored to them using those elements that you know that work. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's uh, yeah, that's that's how it seemed for me anyway. I, I guess that, that that's that thing as well for me. I, it, go back to I, I was saying about that pop. Um, yeah, that's a, that that I use with um, positioning, offering, and process is we're looking at an individual product or or service. Right. And like you said, where you may have different kind of services, well, that person who's looking to buy that lower one, the copy that you're going to write, you know, and the way you're going to explain the benefits and the outcome, yeah, are going to be different to the the level above that that person's looking. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think so. I think so many times, like what happens within kind of business marketing is people look to market their business. Yeah, they look to market their business as a whole. Yeah, rather than marketing an individual product or service to an individual. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I think, again, it comes back to where I think we started off on saying this a while back on this. Everything needs a purpose. Every, when it comes down to copy, it has to be a purpose. So using your pop idea, if it's a, if it's a lower-end product or service or whatever, the copy will have to reflect reflect that. So each copy needs that purpose. Um, if, it's a, if it's a higher-end product, you're, you're, you're looking for a different market. Each, so you have your... Uh, you you have your avatars or personas per service or product, not per business, because okay. once you have per business, you're again trying to you, you're diluting your message. Again, I tell people to write as if they um, to the way I write and the way I teach people to write is write as if you're having a conversation with somebody across the table, specifically one person, not hundreds. And you're selling something that they that they want that particular service that they want, and you're speaking to them directly, and you can only do that with getting that persona right. But you can only do that when you're talking about one service and not well. We've got this, and we've got this, and we've got this, and we've got this. Totally because yeah. once you confuse the buyer, they'll never buy. You cannot confuse a buyer. There's too many options. Yeah. To, 
and then they, they never go ahead because they're, they're trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. I, I like that. And, and like you said, you know what, you, you know my view on the whole kind of, the, there's so many tactics out there in marketing that have been diluted over the years and, you know, they, different people are, are kind of explaining them in, in a way that doesn't work, you know, yeah. and using them as quick win kind of methods to, to get business in and stuff like that. And like you said, it, you know, a, a business doesn't have an avatar. You know, you might be able to get away with that if you're really niching, you just have one type of product, you may get away with that. But, you know, if you take a, a big company, for example, if you take Nike and, you know, they, they make a number of different shoes and they have shoes for, for basketball players and runners and footballers, yeah. you know, even for the youths in the street, you know, and, and the middle-aged man on the golf course or whatever, yeah. you know, there's yeah. all different kinds of shoes. So who, who yeah. likes Avatar? Well, there isn't one. There is one. Shoe does have, have them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then there's even many avatars broken down off of them. You know, yeah. I think there's so many there. I think one one thing to kind of maybe let's flip things up on, on its head a bit. So you said about every copy having a purpose. Yeah. And we, we started off in this conversation talking about copy and content. Is, is there an element of content just being content and having no purpose? Yeah, I think um, I think the problem with with the problem I see a lot of people uh, websites are classics where they become a kind of a brochure website. So content's been put onto to, onto a website. It doesn't speak to anybody. It tries to speak to a whole massive audience out there, and it's and, and like you said, it's about the company. Um, and they might have a separate page on the website saying our services, but when they but they're not. They are kind of they, they add to the confusion because the, the the content is too generic for people to understand uh, what they're doing. So really, each service needs to have its specific type of content, and that becomes your purposeful copy. So uh, you can have a you can have that general content about uh, your your values and your, your values and that kind of things will be the same. So the how we work and our principles. That's a general thing. That's fine because that's your business. You're not at this point trying to sell anything. But when it comes to your specific services, that copy has to be purposely written. And the one word that a lot of people don't use enough is you. And they're selling to you. They're making you, like when they're talking again, the conversation across the table, I'm not talking to me, I'm talking to you. And that's a, a word that is not used enough on websites. Because I, like that. I think I heard that. Um like quite some years ago with, with video and, and they just said like, you know, how, how many people are, are watching this video? And I think it was like a, a live video or something like that. And there's thousands on there. And someone's like, well, it says at the bottom of thousands that like, no, only one person is watching because it's only you who are watching, you yeah. know, who is watching this video. And yeah. I guess, yeah, any person reading the website is only them, you know, it's only yeah. themselves who, is, yeah. who, who are reading that website. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. What, what about just, um, I guess blog posts. We, we mentioned blog posts and stuff like that. We mentioned the ones which are kind of um, leading people in then to a sell or moving them onto another page. Can you just have blog posts then that are just like you know the team and you know meet meet the team or you know, this is what we got up to last Wednesday on a fun day. You, know, you can, yeah. behind it? Definitely, definitely, you can do. So it has a purpose. So again, in this great model, the whole part, middle part, the, the, the E and the A of the, of the model are about building the relationship and the trust and, and nurturing the audience. As long as it's part of a strategy, and I've seen, I've seen a few people do this really well on LinkedIn especially. So the strategy is um, that we want, you to, we, we want to be transparent. So you don't want to have this mystical business behind the scenes that no one no one knows so they start to meet the team how the team works and and by sharing uh those kind of um those episodes of the, the team or the events the teams have been on and understanding how they interact people like to see that because they love people love people people love finding out about people and finding out how it works so if it's all part of a strategy um Again, come back to that word strategy. If it's all part of the strategy, it's a great thing to employ. And I remember I, I read recently, um, you know, we talk about that, you would, people talk about the number of, uh, of touch points um, that someone has to do to, to actually get to a sale. I've heard now it's gone way above 20, it's up to about 27 or something. So all these things are little touch points that people can see, just see, as long as they're not on their own, they've got to be part of this whole the strategy of saying, okay, we know ultimately this is where we want you to be because we want you to be buying our product. What are all the steps along the way that can really 
help us build that relationship and nurture trust and 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 get people to feel they're part of our company even before they buy anything. And I think that's the big thing, thing isn't it, is that you know as, as much as those kind of steps of, of sale and stuff like that, you know, it's it, it, it doesn't matter on, on a time frame. You know, someone may have the, those 12 interactions or 20 interactions, whatever it is within a short period of time. Maybe they're in that that mindset of, of they are ready to buy and they're just trying to make a decision. But someone else may take six months yeah. you know, to buy. And it's all those kind of interactions that they see. Absolutely. Right. I think, yeah. I think for, for me, there, there's this big thing. Uh, I guess there's a bit of a debate on video where you may get, say, the, the videographers and, and the and maybe, maybe there's a ploy because they the ones who are selling professional videos and stuff like that, that are saying, you know, you need professional videos and stuff. But then we're also seeing a way where people are seeing that they're professional videos and they know they're kind of set up. Whereas sometimes you you then have the kind of raw videos of just kind of pressing go on your phone and, and doing a video. You know, I think we've probably got to a stage now, especially in the past year, and you see it on LinkedIn and stuff like that, where even though they're looking like they're raw videos, they are set up because the person's planned that out way in advance yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I guess you... You then, I guess that this kind of video, for example, you know, is raw. We don't know what we were going to say. Yeah. <laughs> the conversations just rolled for for however kind of long. But we just from kind of having these conversations, you pick up on little things that we probably covered so much stuff that we wouldn't have covered if we sat down and planned this out. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Is there an element within copy and within content where that works away from video? Um. Ah, is there? I guess it's kind of the, the it's kind of yeah creating. So again, copy, copy is 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 very is very tailored, I suppose, to a certain extent to 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 talk to the person. But when you ask questions, um, and you can expand on those questions, you can start building in the kind of mini conversations. Um, but it's it's diff, it's difficult in just having in in copy presenting that way because it's um. It, it's, it can only be as interactive as the reader wants it to be. So you've got to be kind of getting, putting the things in. But certainly questions are questions are the, the interaction in copy is when people start to think about your copy. So when you can ask, uh, ask open-ended questions, because they always normally have to be open-ended questions. And when you start a thought process in the reader, you are in effect interactive. You're out interacting with them. Now, you're not having a conversation on the page because that's very, very difficult to do. So that's the extent that copy can actually create an interactive process. But I guess on video, you can do the same thing where you're just asking, you maybe have, uh, you can script in where you're going to be asking a couple of questions and you just allow the conversation to flow. I mean, very much like, uh, like we've been doing here and you allow the conversation to flow. So it's probably easier to have that interaction. Well, obviously it is on video than in copy, but, but this is again, comes back to why I think headlines I should be open-ended, short, and always be asking a question. And even, especially when it comes to short form, yeah, short posts to do on LinkedIn, is you ask a question at the top and even ask the same question at the bottom. So, for example, um, I, I, I wrote I, so, uh, a blog I put out recently was, is your copy bland or are you, are you bland, I think it was, with a question mark. That makes people think, what do you mean? I'm not bland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they think, what's that? I love that yeah. So they click onto it, and I I talk about uh, I talk about focus and your personality coming through. And at the end of it, I'll say, so are you are you bland? And that makes them think, oh, hang on, he could be right actually. Maybe I'm not doing those things. And and the whole idea is to get them thinking, um, and you know, and, and from that, I've actually had inquiries from someone who said, look, I don't know if my copy's up to the scratch. Can we work together? But it wasn't a sale. It's just a question. But I, but sales are conversations. The, the, yeah, you know, sale that, is just a conversation. I think I, like, I think from from that kind of copy, that makes perfect sense. I think there, there's a big thing around um, like like no like and trust. People say about you know no no like and trust. People like to buy from people that they know like and trust and and i buy buy into that because i think that that does happen you know you kind of you know you get to know someone you trust them and, and yeah. you buy from them i think sometimes you know we still buy from people we don't like or you know we, we yeah we, you know we don't know you know it's, it's like maybe we wouldn't buy from them if we didn't trust them but sometimes we, we would buy because we know what we're getting you know maybe they're the only person 
But uh, what I like to to look at with, with marketing is that we we go beyond those levels, and and I call it um, in, intrigue, intent, and desire. Because okay. of, yeah, yeah, what we're doing yeah. there is we we I guess from like headlines and stuff like that is we kind of want stuff that is going to intrigue people into wanting to know what what it's all about or the next kind of step. We want that kind of intent then, so people who are showing intent, you know, to maybe move through, and then we want people who have that desire to obviously then either purchase or you know book that next step to speak with us you know and i guess that probably touches on what you were saying now with, with the headlines is that yeah we, we have to have that intrigue right yeah yeah you know, there has to be that next step we have to want to take that next step and i guess this is probably where you get a lot of the um i guess the, the spam kind of clickbaity stuff is they would come out with a headline and people would click it and then the, the content would be nothing <laughs> relevant to, yeah that's, that's you know, what, what yeah, the title yeah, was. yeah and and yes and that's that used to happen. I don't see it so much, so much more. But I did see a YouTube post recently from somebody um, who I can't what the headline was now, but it was nothing to do. It was about it was about losing weight without. I think something about losing weight without watching what you eat. And then the 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 content was all about business, and it was it was so tenuous. It didn't really link to the headline and. I think a lot of people probably watched that and thought, well, okay, I don't really understand what this guy's talking about. I think there's less of that now, but um, just going back to your point about the intrigue, I think this is really, really good for email marketing sequences. So I write email marketing sequences for people who are trying to launch, you know, who want to launch a product. And the whole idea of the sequence is that it, it, it sort of builds over time. So the headline is still very important and you get to get them in, but it's kind of like, building the intensity of the email or having a message you want to deliver over a period of weeks. And the, so the intrigue is there. And then the intrigue is the end of the email. Find out tomorrow. We're going to talk about this. And it, and, and if it's a pertinent thing that people think, yeah, I need to know about that. They'll start looking for tomorrow's email. Yeah, totally. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a great element of that in kind of like the old, um, do you remember the old Batman serials, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know they're not a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah I think I think, but I, I guess that is that that is it, isn't it? Like you think, um, like those cliffhangers, like, like EastEnders, for example. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It is that like, as soon as that kind of boom, boom, boom kicks in at the end, you yeah. know, it always yeah. ends on a cliffhanger. It's not just like someone, yeah. you know, it's not just a, a nicey, nicey kind of thing. No, that's you know, right. And it finishes. Right. It always kind of builds up to you have to watch the next episode. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think, think that's where that in, yeah. So you build well. the in, you build that intent, yeah. And I think you know this and copywriting. Is it's been around for years and it still follows again, very similar to marketing, still follows the same principles. Um, and the principles are really you have to appeal to emotions first to get people to read. And it's very simple, the, the simple principles, but people buy on logic and then they'll justify the buy on emotion, sorry, and then they'll they'll um they'll justify that with logic. And a classic magazine that has been around for years is which magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, which which have the emotion and then it gives you the backup of the logic. So the emotional side, it, it comes up with a different cards and then the logic of why this one's the best one to buy or whatever. It gives you kind of a, a sequence of, of an analysis. But again, you just got to look at people who go and buy houses or buy kitchens. There's normally an emotional person, normally often the wife, I'm not trying to be too, uh, just, <laughs> but often it's the wife, I love this kitchen. And often it's the husband who thinks, Yes, but can we afford it? Can, does it tick this box? Does it tick that box? Sometimes it's the other way around, but often it's, of course it does. And, and just they justify the boxes it ticks, even yeah. if it doesn't quite justify the, the boxes, but because the emotion is already there. The emotion. And, um, emotion first, always lead with emotion first. I think that's a good topic to end on, right? With yeah. Emotion. I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe we'll talk around that kind of topic in, in the next video. Yeah, talk about emotion in marketing, and you know that kind of transformation that that people yeah. want, um, yeah. and we'll do that. So yeah, I think maybe, maybe that's a good point to end. Okay, uh, maybe maybe just before we do, if you want to tell people where they can find out more about you, uh, where they can get in touch. Yeah. Okay. So um, I haven't got anything on screen, but so if they want to email me, so it's Mark at that's M A R K at greatcopyworks.co.uk. My website is greatcopyworks.co.uk 
Um, and of course, you can always my mobile. I'll put that mobile. I don't mind put my mobile at my work one. So that's oh seven three seven eight six six zero five double six. And if you want some help or just some pointers to start with on 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 how to write copy, then yeah, please get in touch. Uh, what, what about um, LinkedIn and stuff like that? Is it just your name? Yeah, it's, I think my LinkedIn profile is Mark H Tanner actually. But yeah, you'll if you put my name onto LinkedIn, uh, all great copy works. You'll find it as well. And I do have a Facebook page, which is again, um, I think it's Great Copy Works. Uh, but you can find that from my profile, Mark Tanner, on Facebook. So wherever we put this video, we'll put some links. We're, we're in the description. Yeah, we'll get some links um, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just obviously anyone you know watching this, they may want to go and you know follow you or or get in touch. Um, yeah. yeah. Wherever wherever you're watching this video, and like I said, this is on the fly. We've kind of just made this up. So this is the first one in in a series of. You know, strategy and conversion where we're going to talk about all things in in marketing so we will figure out where we put those things you know whichever channel you're watching um but yeah i think maybe if you have anything else to add i think i'm i'm done no i think we've, we've covered a lot actually in that in, in this how, how long are we going about now yeah, i have no idea i think we've just been chatting right I think yeah next time next time i definitely need to to start off with a fresh cup of tea yeah um, i think so you know, yeah <laughs> and do things that way but yeah obviously thank you for your time and you know i think it's been, been very valuable i think for anyone watching and even just for myself you know it's, it's been great and i guess just say thanks to you know the people watching um or maybe with you know from the uh, content that, that you um, mentioned that the tips within here we'll, we'll put it um, directly to that person so thank you for watching you know and yes. do things that way um, but yeah mate it's been a pleasure and we're uh, we'll, we'll put getting together for the, for the next video yeah okay great cool. stuff thank you very much That's yeah cheers yeah